or wives, if your husband needs transformation, get his butt to go to this summit. Amen? Let me hear a holler at from, come on ladies. Well, all the ladies that did that, their husbands got a lot of issues. <laughs> I'm just messing. Thank you, Lord. My wife did it too. Oh, God. No, I'm going. I'm going, and I'm so excited. I get to go a day early. Larry asked me to come out and be a part of a prophetic team ministering to entrepreneurs, Tim Ross, all the younger prophetic pastors from all over. He wants to come a, uh, a day early, and so I'm gonna, I won't be on the drive with you there. Um, and then, but I'll be driving back with you. So, and Naomi's happy about that. Thank you, Lord. Are you ready to get in the word this morning? We had a good time first service. How many know it's Palm Sunday? Come on, somebody. When Jesus came in to Jerusalem, riding on a donkey and they received him as their king. Amen. And we're going to talk about worship this morning. How many know that there is a counterfeit worship? You know, Jesus went and talked to the woman at the well, and he said, the hour's coming when true worshipers are going to come. They're not going to worship on this mountain, and he was speaking of Mount Gerizim, which was a counter-rival temple to the temple in Jerusalem. He says, they're not going to worship here, nor are they going to worship in Jerusalem, but the Father is seeking true worshipers to come to Mount Zion, is really what he was saying, because he discounted, and he said, listen, it's not going to be about the temple, nor is it going to be about Mount Gerizim, but there's coming when true worshipers, how many know you want to know what true worship is in your life? God wants the real deal. Listen, there's a lot of music that's good out there, but it ain't anointed. It is not true worship, and music is not worship. Music was an instrument. Music is the frequencies of sound was created to magnify and glorify God. But music itself is not worship. Satan was the worship leader in heaven, and he's still using music to lead worship on the earth. But we need to understand that there is the real deal out there. There's the real worshipers. And we, how many want to know what the three signatures are of worship? I'm going to talk about them to you this morning. We're going to talk about three signs that you know your worship is legit. Amen? Who wants some legit worship? Raise your hand at me. All right. Too legit to quit. And you'll just be lifting up your hands. Hey, hey. Jesus, that's old school. I mean, I'm just messing. I can rap in tongues, dude. You want me to do it? No. Who's going to interpret? Laris, come up here and interpret. I can rap in tongues. Shoot. I might not have skills in the, in the flesh, but in the spirit, I'll be like, bam. Thank you, Lord. And then Mike Cartwright will come up here and bust a little rhyme too. Where's he at? Where's Mike? There he is. Oh, he's ducking. <laughs> he's like, whoop. Hallelujah. I want, I want my worship to be real. Amen. I want my wife to read Mark chapter 11, verses 7 through 10. And we're going to talk about how Jesus was received and these three signatures of real worship. Go ahead, honey, and read that. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leaves leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hallelujah. 
Let us pray. Come on, let's lift our voices and pray. Honey, would you lead us? We, th- we love you. We open our hearts to your word, Thank Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you're going to shift our paradigm of what we see as real worship, God, that you're going to change us from the inside, that we will worship you in spirit and truth, that we will hear your word this morning and it will change us, God, that we will just, we will be able to proclaim the dominion of our Lord to all the earth in Jesus name In Jesus name. Everyone said, Amen. amen. Three signatures of true worship. Number one. True worship is heavenly. True worship is a resounding of what heaven is doing. I don't mean just in the aspect of sounding good. We have people that hear good music. Oh, that song was heavenly. I'm not saying just in the natural of being harmonious and beautiful, although that is important. Amen. Certain people are not meant to lead worship. They're meant to lead a different ministry. And certain people that lead worship are not meant to do those other ministries. We have people, David played skillfully on his heart. But listen, we're not discounting that. That is very important to be excellent. But it's, it's, it's very important also to have a right heart. We need heart and excellence together combined to bring God glory. Amen? And in the realm of worship, we need to understand true worship is heavenly. In other words, it mimics what heaven is doing and what heaven is saying. I want to read you a few scriptures out of the book of Revelation. When we step into glorious worship, we've begun to sing heaven's song. How many know this morning as we're worshiping and we're singing to the Lord, you are Lord of lords, you're King of kings, and you can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're actually aligning yourself with what heaven is singing. You're aligning yourself with heaven's sound and heaven's song. There's actually a stream of worship in certain veins, certain churches, and they'll actually sometimes sing the same songs. And they're spontaneous songs, the song of the Lord. The Bible says to, to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Spiritual songs are the ones that are spontaneous praises. Those are the ones God inhabits, by the way. That's the Hebrew word praise, tahilah. It means the spontaneous praise to the Lord. In Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 through 13, let's read this together. Revelation 5, 11 through 13. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures and elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Next verse. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such that are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard them saying, listen, he says, I heard everything on the earth, every creature, every living thing declaring this. Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. All of heaven is worshiping. Now, when worship is true, it resounds and echoes what heaven is doing. What happens is that earth responds to that. How many want to be a part of true worship now instead of when it's all said and done and we're standing and all creation is worshiping him together? I want to choose to worship God now and not when it's all said and done because God's looking for lovers. He's looking for people whose hearts are bent to the king. He's looking for people. There's a great prayer by Evan Roberts. It changed and revolutionized 
literally thousands and tens of thousands of people in Wales and England, and he heard a preacher pray, bend us, Lord, bend us. It was an old English word in the early 1900s saying, God, I want my will and my heart bent to your will. It's that prayer of worship that says, I receive you and all that you are. And God wants us to understand that worship is heavenly. Listen, what happens is when heaven touches earth, earth aligns with heaven. It's called when God dwells among us, when he manifests his presence. And how many know in an atmosphere where he is, worship just happens. You don't have to try to worship. How many know when praise is effortless, it's really good? I don't mean in, in effort, in actual exuberance and, and what you're, you're called to bring a sacrifice of praise and all that. I mean effortless, like you just, you don't have to try to worship, you just worship God. There's something about an atmosphere of the glory of God in a room where you literally, it feels like, you know what? I need to get face down. I need to get, so I'm just going to humble myself before God. I have had visions, inward visions, and we will see moments and times where literally we come together and worship and everyone in the room is face down to the King of Kings. There's an atmosphere of the presence of God where worship, where it's, it's the atmosphere of heaven touching earth and then earth responds. Earth aligns with heaven. Earth says, you are the maker of heaven and earth. How many know in heaven it never stops? Heavenly worship is true worship and it never stops. And we can learn from that. We can learn that when our flesh doesn't feel like worshiping, it's always going on in heaven. It never stops. Well, I don't feel like worshiping God. Well, the angels are worshiping and you need to worship God. You were made to worship God. Praise the Lord in the Old Testament all throughout the Psalms was not a suggestion. It was a command from Scripture. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord was God literally saying everything that's alive praise the Lord. And the psalmist, here's what the psalmist would do. They had minstrels and imagine crowds of thousands of people. They did not have speakers like this. They would stroll. They were called strollers. They would stroll and they would declare what the, the chief musician was, was leading them in. The Levites would go and stroll. The minstrels would stroll and they would declare, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And they would release the sound of heaven that caused earth to respond and says, I'm breathing. I need to respond to that. It never stops in heaven. You ne have you ever noticed in powerful worship, it's hard to quit? You ever notice you don't want to quit? It's like I'm in the throne room, man. I'm in the presence of God. I, I just want to remain right here, and I just want to worship you. There's no other place that I'd rather be. I want us to read Revelation chapter 4. Honey, would you read this? Verses 8. Just read verse 8 and 9, I believe it is. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do, they do not rest day or night. Hold on, hold on. Read that again. They do, they do not rest, rest day or, or night. night. And what are they saying? Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Now I want you to go to Revelation chapter 7. We're going to read 9 and 10. What happened when Jesus was being received as the Messiah on Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago approximately is they were actually enacting something from the future and in heaven. 
what was happening in that moment, and I'm going to show you in just a moment, that they were actually doing, you know, the church has a tradition, and we have things that the church, the Christian church has done from, you know, anywhere from the the, the 400th century and on, where we have these palms that represent things. And But if you look at the culture, and actually there's a feast that wasn't going on at this time, because this was around Passover, But there was a feast called the Feast of the Tabernacles where they used palm branches. And they used it for specific reasons. As a matter of fact, the the Hoshana Rabbah, the Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest was a prayer prayed for the Feast of Tabernacles. Now that's very significant and you're going to learn what that is in just a moment. But what's interesting is they were actually doing a future tense and something that reflected what was going on in heaven because true worship is number one, heavenly worship. It's heavenly. It resounds heaven. Let's read Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude of which no one could number. I love this. Of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes. How many know that, look around the room, how many, there's a lot of color in this room. We serve a God, the Bible says, in Christ is neither male nor female, nor Jew nor Greek, nor barbarian nor Scythian, nor slave nor free. Hello? We serve a God that that calls all tribes, nations, tongues. There is no color. There is no race that is excluded from the kingdom of God. I love a multi-ethnic church. We are created to be multi-ethnic with the culture of the kingdom of heaven. We were, I love mixed babies because they're beautiful and God makes them that way just to kill religious racist devils. I love churches with all the cultures of the earth. I love the Asian community, the Hispanic community, the black community. Come on, somebody. I love looking at the picture of heaven because what we don't get, if our churches don't look like this, then we ain't doing something right. Then our worship is not heavenly worship. Hello? Well, we just have a white church. We'll get a heavenly church. Well, we just have mainly Hispanic. Well, get a heavenly church. Well, we just have a black church. No, get a heavenly church. I'm preaching to about four people. I'm glad you're responding. Here's what they had. With palm branches in their hands. Oh, wow. They're in heaven and they have these palm branches. What is this? It's heavenly worship. It's on earth as it is in heaven. Your worship, if it's real, it's what heaven is doing. You're literally resounding. You're like an echo of the song of heaven. You know, there's Levitical angels. There's angels of worship. There's fiery seraphim that declare the holiness of God. They come. They bring, there's a story of a worship leader. And this worship leader literally is taken to heaven. And he sees a vision of heaven, kind of like John on the island of Patmos. And he's hearing a song played. And he says, that's, you guys are singing my song. And the angel goes, no, 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 we let you hear our song. I wonder how many songs that are written. Do you know what's an interesting fact is that the songs that have to do with holy, holy, holy. In the book of Isaiah chapter 6, we see that there was angels and he heard them crying out and it literally shook the doorposts. Holy, holy, holy. Now, in English, it just sounds like holy, comma, holy, comma, holy. Holy, comma, holy, comma, holy. Now, in the Hebrew, it's a poetic increase of holiness exponentially. It's literally like putting it in mathematical terms, saying holy to the power of holy to the power of holy. Now, John heard it nine times. Isaiah heard it three. 
It was an exponential increase. They just heard it in the spirit a little differently, but it made sense to write it in the Hebrew poetic, holy to the power of holy, to the power of holy. And it shook the earth and it resounded. I wonder how many songs that are sung in the earth are songs of heaven. Do you know how many songs that have to do with holy actually crescendo? Holy, holy, holy. They're echoing the sound of heaven. Think about all the holy songs that crescendo like that. Holy, holy, holy. I know Shane knows this one. Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord. Gary Oliver wrote that. It was a crescendoing, a crescendoing of holiness. It's resounding the sound of heaven. So these palm branches were carried. I want to talk about number two, the second thing, the signature sign that you can identify worship being true. Amen? The kingdom of God is manifested. Number two, true worship manifests the kingdom of God. Well, what does that mean? That means that the king is revealed and his kingdom comes. You can't have the king without the kingdom. Although we've made a message very palatable in the Christian faith, where we want all the benefits of the kingdom. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, which is right relationship, and all these things will be added unto you. But the kingdom of God is always manifested in true worship. High praise positions us to receive the kingdom. What is high praise? High praise is praise on earth that matches the praise of heaven. It's high praise. It's the opposite of low praise. Amen? Low praise, high praise. I'm doing like Grover on Sesame Street. Near, far. Let's give it. You want to see my Grover impersonation? I love Sesame Street, man. I love all the mixed kids in there too. Hallelujah. Let's hit that one again. Amen. Listen, high praise exalts the kingdom, exalts the king and his kingdom, and it manifests the kingdom of God. The Bible says in Psalm 149, it's that praise, it's that high praise that literally puts principalities and powers in shackles and in bondage. It literally takes the enemy, demons, that try to rule and reign over territories such as Henderson. And when we're bringing high praise like we were, like we do, amen, we are literally, the Bible says this, with a two-edged sword in their hand and a high praise of God in their mouth, they bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. What does that mean? That is what Paul talked about, about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. That's the worship God wants to reveal. That's the worship that we're supposed to carry is a worship that manifests the kingdom of God. If there is not a manifestation of the kingdom of God, there's not true worship in our midst. Listen, let's just, who wants real worship? Too legit, too legit, too quick. Real worship, too legit. We want real worship. I don't want fake, junky facade. I don't want to just sing a song. I want to release the sound of heaven. There's a difference. I don't want to just play something, a nice solo for an offertory and make you guys stand up and shout and there be no Holy Spirit on it. I want the sound of heaven. I mean, we have an anointed, awesome worship team. We are blessed in this house. We're, some of y'all are spoiled. I'm not talking about myself. I'm saying in general, Listen, the heavens are open and God is moving in our midst. I want anointed worship. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 22, 3. 
This is so good. Psalm 22, 3, most of you familiar. You are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Another translation says he inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, when you receive the king, you're receiving his kingdom. When the king walks in the room, he's majestic and holy. You can't help but to bow. Hearts bend and bow in the presence of an awesome king. What happens is the power of the king and his kingdom is manifested in a revealing of his presence. When his presence comes, when, when the way that works in, in the natural, we, you know, we try to make theologies and, and box, and well, he's omnipresent, he holds everything together, going to Colossians 1, and, and then, but you know, he manifests. We call it the manifest presence of God. When in fact, if you look through Scripture, God concentrated his presence in various geographical locations. Some may call it the awareness of his presence. But I'm here to tell you that something happens when God comes, when his presence is revealed, our hearts bow because we see the king. How many know in Isaiah 6, here's what happened. Isaiah saw the king and he was undone and he heard what heaven was saying. He saw the king. There's something significant about that. It shook the earth. It, it, it actually changed the way Isaiah began to write. Right before that, he wrote, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. And then he sees the king, or I'm sorry, he's saying, woe to you, to the people of God, prophet. Woe to you, the people of God. Then he sees the king. He says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Can you guys go handle that and just tell them to calm down those crazy, lovely, wonderful, blessed children? Thank you. You don't need my permission to do that. You know what to do. Holy, holy, he heard it. It shook the earth. Isaiah saw the king. Here's why he was undone. He said, my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. There's something significant about the revealing of the king that brings us into submission of the kingdom. It manifests, the kingdom of God manifests. Heaven's songs bring holiness. When you are in true worship and his kingdom manifests, you, I'm telling you, God brands holiness in your heart. Sin becomes something you don't want. If you struggle with addictions and perversions and things that are of the devil, things that will just suck you out into death, anger and, and all this stuff, I'm telling you, in the presence of God, it's like it's purged from us. It's just God just purifies us and refines us in his presence. Holiness is birth. The palm branches were very significant. Here's what I want to share a little bit before we go to number three and we close. The palm branches, let's see if I don't cut myself on this thing. Thanks for leaving all the thorns right there. On the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's amazing is that when they were receiving Jesus, the King of Kings, they were grabbing these and they were putting it at his feet. Another gospel says there were waving palm branches like it says in Revelation 7. What's interesting is that they were doing two things that were not done at normal Passover time. How many know when Jesus was crucified, it was Passover time? Now, what they were doing, they were doing things that represented things that were done in the Feast of the Tabernacles, which was in October, after atonement. And they would take these palm branches because they were doing something in the future, maybe because they realized Jesus was going to atone once and for all. He was going to do more than that. He was going to wipe it away. He was going to enter in to the holy place once and for all for us. But what's interesting, if you study the tabernacle, what was the Feast of the Tabernacles? Now, here's, here's what 
in the Old Testament, it says, God said, build these booths and live in them so you can remember that I delivered you from Egypt and caused you to dwell in tents or booths, tabernacles. It signifies the palm branch. They would use the palm branch and it meant that don't forget I set you free so I could meet with you. It was always a fulfilling in the presence of God. Now, in John 7, 37, Jesus himself said this. He said, if you are thirsty, come to me and drink, and out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. When he said this, it was the last day of the feast of the tabernacles long before this. And what is that, why is that significant? Well, John writes after that, he says, this signifies the giving of the Holy Spirit. So the presence of God is what fulfilled what Jesus was saying. Now, there may may be some ultimate fulfillments of many of the feasts, and there has been. Some are dual application. But what's amazing to me is there's something significant about the kingdom manifesting his presence and these palm branches. Now, here's what I want to get to. The palm branches, here's what rabbis even do today during the Feast of the Tabernacles. And here's what they're doing. They're waving. Now, what they do is in the Feast of the Tabernacles, they go and they shake the palm branches three times in every direction. And guess what they're saying? What, what happens when you receive the kingdom? What are you saying? You're saying, you're Lord, and I'm receiving your dominion. They would shake it in every direction, say, Lord, you're master over all creation. And the rabbi would shake the palm branches. Ow, those thorns hurt. Ow. I'm going to keep doing it, though, because I'm illustrating. They shake and say, you're master over all creation. True worship manifests the kingdom. True worship manifests his dominion. Lord, you're master over all creation. See, what they were doing was out of sync. It didn't really make sense, but guess what? It's more than what some church tradition calls it. If you look in the Hebrew culture, they were doing something that the the, the, uh, Hashon Rabbah was the Hosanna Hosanna, it was a cry from Psalm 118.25, send prosperity, Lord, save us now. That's the prayer they were praying. That prayer was prayed in the Feast of the Tabernacles. Are you guys still with me? The point of what I'm saying is true worship manifests the kingdom of God. It's found in the story when they're receiving the king and his kingdom. You cannot receive the kingdom, the dominion, without the king. You can't call him Lord if he's not Lord of your heart. Power pause. Number three, true worship, never held back and fully abandoned. I don't mean held back in exuberance. I don't mean, I mean not held back in spite of feeling, circumstances, or what I get out of worship. Listen, this is very important. When you come to a place of true worship, when we learn to live this, saints, it's a place of fully abandonment and it's, it's extreme gratefulness to the Lord. It's birthed from a heart of being so grateful to him. Listen, we have been, we're really, really good and professional at worship that we can say thanks without being grateful. I can say thank you to my wife without actually being grateful for who she is and what she does for me. Because many times our thanks comes from a place of receiving something from somebody else instead of thank you for who you are. Some say it this way. You've heard it said, we worship, praise God for what he does, worship God for who he is. I believe that that's true, although it's incomplete. There, there's more to it. You can praise God for who he is too. Amen? We don't throw out worship. We worship God for what he does also. Amen? We worship God for who he is and what he does. 
But what is praise without gratefulness? It's like worship without intimacy. And sometimes we, we become so good at this, we say thanks, and it's such a habit, we're not really grateful, and it's just a word, thanks. It's like reading from the overhead. You are Lord of Lord. We're just reading. We're just reading. It's in the archive of our mind. But is our heart resounding the song? You are Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings. I'm saying thanks, Daddy. Thank you, Father. I'm grateful. Teach me gratefulness again. There's something about worship that sometimes we stay in the realm of just worshiping and blessing and praise itself. I can worship when I'm blessed. It's so easy to worship when everything's going right, isn't it? It's easy to be nice to my wife and my kids when we're having a great day. But when something goes wrong, it's, it can become harder not to misplace aggression on people. Hello? When, we're, when everything's going right, I'm serving God. I've seen it time and time again. Teenagers, you know, I'm on fire for God. Just a little shake and a little temptation. It's like, oh, I'm just... Ah, God wants us to be consistent. If we're worshipers, it will show in the way we live. We're not just saying thanks when everything's fine and dandy. We're grateful. Guess what it boils down to? Every breath you take. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live. To worship you, every breath that I take. Wow. Every heartbeat belongs to him. That's true worship. I'm, are you grateful for your breath? Let alone every bite of food you take. We give thanks. I was telling the early service, my son eats so fast. We'll give him a plate of pasta, and we're still putting our Parmesan cheese on ours, and he's done. And he comes up, and he's like, I'm ready for seconds. And he's got, like, you know, tomato sauce all over his face. And I'm like, son, you got tomato sauce all over your shirt, all over your, your hands. And he's like, can I have seconds? He wipes it on his shirt. Sorry about that. Wear a raincoat front row. Listen, we eat so fast sometimes. Hello, give thanks to the Lord. We got to be grateful for, David said it this way. He satisfies my mouth with good things. Even the simplest form of giving thanks. Give us this day our daily bread. Right after he says, your will be done and your kingdom come. Hello? The kingdom of God. In the simplest things, thank you for daily bread. Thank you, Father, for every meal that I eat. Here's what it says in Nehemiah, and I'm going to be closing shortly. Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 5 and 6. Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Listen. Blessed be your glorious name which is exalted above blessing and praise. He says, you alone are the Lord. You made heaven and the heaven of heavens with their hosts, the earth and everything in it, the seas and all that is in them. You preserve them all. The hosts of heaven worships you. Wow. In the book of Nehemiah, and here's what he says. Bless your name, which is exalted above blessing and praise. What does that mean? That means that sometimes when we don't have a place of gratefulness in our heart, but we're just saying, thank you. Thanks, Father, that maybe we're worshiping worship and our praise is limited just by blessing. 
Our worship is only contained. True worship is fully abandoned and is never held back by I'm worshiping when I'm blessed. No, I'm worshiping because he gave me breath. I'm not just blessed, but I'm breathing. Hello? We need to change our paradigm. And I don't believe God wants us sick or impoverished, but it doesn't matter what we're going through. As a matter of fact, we need to break the spirit of poverty and you need to know he wants to bless you with substance. He does not want you poor. Oh, I just, he's teaching me. No, just learn to steward, have a right heart, thank him, and let him bless you. Guess what Nehemiah did right after this? He took a bunch of offerings. Well, that's, then he just changed, that's not worship. Yes, it is. Listen, when we worship God with everything, anything your heart is attached to is important to God, no matter what it is. Many of us, it's wrong relationships. Many of us, it's, you know, teenagers, your biggest vice is that girlfriend and that boyfriend. You're going in and out, in and out. One minute I'm a boyfriend, girlfriend. Next minute, uh, hello? Preaching to the choir. I know the youth pastors agree with that. Relationships that are anything attached to your heart is important to God. If you begin to exalt each other above him, you're in trouble. I'm telling you, soul ties, anything, finances. Pastor Shane's been talking about it. The suicide rate increasing. Why? Because of financial issues that we're having. Because everything our heart is attached to is important to God. Well, you're just saying that because you want another offering. No, listen. We, we, we do not ask you to give. Don't feel compelled to tithe. Don't feel compelled. Just give from your heart of worship. Amen. Jesus said this. He said, when you give, give in secret he wasn't just talking about nobody watching. You know what he was saying? He's saying, give in intimacy. Don't give a seed that's not, what happens, intimacy causes fruitfulness. You want to be fruitful? Start giving from an intimate heart of worship. I'm bringing my offering to you and I'm honoring you with everything. I'm honoring you with everything my heart is tied to. It is proven that if we have an issue with giving, we have an issue of the heart, period. And maybe there's offenses because of abuses. There's been a lot of abuse with giving in the church. There's been a, a prosperity message that has gone to one extreme. Just like capitalism can lead to greediness, it doesn't mean it's bad. It means we need to keep our hearts right and steward what God's giving us. When he blesses us, it's so that we can be a blessing. How many would like more than enough so that you can bless people around you? with not just a handout, but a hand up, and you say, Jesus has blessed me. Hello? There's a lot of different ways that you can be blessed financially, but listen, our worship, Nehemiah says, your name is exalted above all blessing and praise, and then he takes offerings. Why? Because it was a part of worship. It was a part of worship. Malachi 3, there's a promise. He says, you know, give, bring the tithe in the storehouse. Now, I want to talk about this real quick, and we're going to close. It says that, that bring all the tithe in the storehouse. Try me in this. I will open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing on you that you cannot contain. Here's what it actually means in the Hebrew, that he's more than enough. A blessing you cannot contain. There's not enough room to contain. That was a heart saying, you're more than enough, God. And what God wants to bless you with is more than enough. Now, that's in tithing. 
That is in the, the Abrahamic blessing. There's three blessings. God can, there's three parameters of financial blessing in your life. The number one is Adamic. We were gonna do a series on this and we're gonna learn a lot more. Adamic means you, like Adam, we as humans, what happened after the fall, God said this. He said, if you work, you're going to reap. Toil and labor in the garden and you're gonna reap. Cultivate the garden, right? Paul was a tent maker. Proverbs says that a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat, right? That's the Adamic blessing. You work, you're gonna get a paycheck. It's called working, okay? That's one way God can bless you. The other way is through the Abrahamic covenant. Before the law, tithing is not under the law. Many say, oh, I don't tithe because we're not under the law anymore. Well, it wasn't even part of the law. And you can choose not to tithe. We're not gonna tell you you're gonna be cursed, but you probably may miss out on a blessing. I'll just say that right there. Hello? About three people agree with that. That's okay. The Bible says that when we give to the Lord with our first fruits, there is something that happens, which by the way, God doesn't really say test me in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, I think this is the only time. Is that right? It's the only time God says try me. The only time God says try me, that's the Abrahamic blessing, which we're a part of, children of the promise. Now here's what I wanna get to. Then there's the kingdom blessing of the new covenant that exponentially increases all of that. And there's no limits to how God can bless you. He says, I, the children of Israel, he says, I've given you power to make wealth, ability to make wealth, ability to make wealth. Entrepreneurs are usually anointed from heaven. And it's up to them to steward the things that God's given them. Creativity, listen, creativity comes from God. He is the creator. We either use it for his glory or we don't. Why am I talking about this? Because the point of it is this, and I'm going to read you a song. It's a song of extreme gratefulness. And sometimes we have to talk about substance to understand gratefulness. Not only do we want to worship the Lord in our giving and everything, and when we close, from now on, there's going to be offering buckets up here. Anytime you want to give, it's not just one part of the service. There's literally going to be an opportunity for you to just bring your offering to the Lord. Are we trying to coerce you in giving? Are we having financial problems? No. Not at all. It's just an opportunity for us to worship the Lord in our giving. Amen? Amen. I want to share something with you. It's a Passover song called the Dai Henu. And this was a song that was sung and it exemplified the greatness of God and it exemplified what God has done for them, for the people of God. Now what would happen is they would sing verses and there's five verses in three segments. One, about being free from Egypt, another five on miracles, and another five on being with God. And what would happen is one would read this verse and then the congregation would respond, it would have been enough for us. That's the phrase, more than enough. You're more than enough. God, see a true worshiper says, you're more than enough. Who you are is more than enough. I'm not just gonna thank you for all the things that you're gonna do. And what, so what they'd say is the first one, they'd say, he brought us out of Egypt. It would have been more than enough for us. But how many know God didn't just bring him out of Egypt? He didn't just leave him there. He did a lot of other things, and so it goes on. So when I say this, I want the congregation to say, it would have been more than enough for us. Say it with me, ready? It would have been more than enough for us. One, it says, if he had brought us out of Egypt. If he had executed justice upon the Egyptians. 
I want you to just stop and think about this for a minute. It says, if he had executed justice upon their gods, if he had just slain their firstborn, if he had given it to us their health and wealth. Now, listen, they were in slavery for 400 years. Imagine the gratefulness in their hearts to these verses. 400 years beaten, killed in slavery, and God set them free. It's a type of you being free from your past and from the world. And then there's five verses on miracles. Are you ready? If he had split the sea for us, it would have been more than enough for us. If he had led us on dry land, it would have been more than enough for us. If he had drowned our oppressors, how many know the devil's defeated? Let me stop right there. You don't need to pray to him and ask him to go. He's gone. He don't have authority over you. Sometimes we got to bind and remind the enemy to get off things in our lives. But listen, he is defeated. Your oppressor has been drowned. Just like the Egyptians, the seas went back on them. The enemy is defeated. Hallelujah. And true worship understands that. True worship is a place of exalting the king of kings that he just has dominion over everything. The first service I talked about how if someone's heart is bowing and bent to the Lord, that it literally just sucks you in like a black hole. It's just like in a good way though. It just, it just pulls you right into that dimension of worship. It's, not, it's beyond inspiring. Listen, the world inspires people. When we worship God, it's like a portal of heaven that opens up and it just consumes people around us. Let me give you a quick biblical example. Paul and Silas in prison for preaching the gospel. Which reminder, we can go out on the street right now and preach. After church, you want to evangelize? You got, go to the strip. You can preach the gospel without going to jail. Hello? Okay, let's be grateful for that. So Paul and Silas go to prison. They're beaten. It's midnight. It's dark in prison. It ain't like our prisons. They got fluorescent lights and stuff like that and feed them three times a day. This is a lot different, okay? They're beaten. And what do they do? Worship God in the midst. That's a worship that is abandoned and never held back by circumstances. Now, why am I telling you this story? Because when they began to worship, it says the earth shook. Heaven touched earth a little bit. And it says their prison door opened. It didn't stop there. They got breakthrough, but then all the prison doors around them got breakthrough. Because when you worship the king and your heart is bent, it literally happens. It it affects the environment all around you. The enemy's defeated, saints. It says this. It says, if he had drowned our oppressors, it would have been more than enough for us. If he had provided our needs in the wilderness for 40 years, it would have been more... Listen, I don't think, let me remind some of you, their shoes and clothes did not wear out. Their shoes grew with their feet. That's dope. That's some good show. I I like these Aldos. These are nice, but they're not as good as what the children of Israel had. Listen, God provided for them all through this 40-year wandering around, wandering around in the wilderness. It says here, if he had fed us manna, it would have been more than enough for us. Give us this day our daily bread. Now I'm going to read these last five verses and we're going to close about being with God. If he had given us Sabbath rest, it would have been more than enough for us. 
don't, don't, I don't want to lose you. I want you to say it with me. Can we say it in one accord? If he had led us to Mount Sinai, it would have been more than enough for us. If he had given us the Torah, it would have been more than enough for us. If he had brought us into the land of Israel, it would have been more than enough for us. And then the song ends with, if he had built the temple for us, it would have been more than enough for us. Wow. God, take our thanks and let it be backed up with the most grateful heart because you're more than enough. And we worship you with everything our heart is attached to. And the things that are pulling our heart in the wrong direction, sever the cords, God, because we want to be found true worshipers because true worship is heavenly worship, Lord. True worship, God, manifests the kingdom and true worship is never held back and is completely abandoned to you. So I'm praying right now as we close, I'm calling on worshipers to arise. And I pray for purity in all the areas of the well of our heart that have been polluted with a type of worship, but not the real deal. We want the real deal, God. We want you to purify the wells of our hearts. We want you, this well of worship. You know, Jesus even told the woman at the well, he says, it'll be a well in you springing up into everlasting life. Right, right after he talks about worship, a well spring is so pure because the water's just springing out. It's not stagnant. Some of our, our worship has become stagnant in our, like the song, stir the stagnant waters of my soul. God, we do not want a stagnant, polluted worship. Teach us to worship out of our, out of our hearts, God, with a purity, being grateful from every breath, every, every heartbeat that we breathe. We're grateful. You're more than enough. You didn't just set us free and give us your blood. It would have been enough, but then you healed us, Lord. And you could have done that, and it would have been enough. But then you set us free, and it would have been enough. But then you gave us a family, God, and it would have been enough. And then you blessed us in so many ways. Come on, somebody. And I think about my wife and my family, and, and I think about this church, God, and I look around, I see the family of God. It would have been more than enough. And then you bring your presence in us, God. And then you baptize us with the fiery love of God. And then we get to have an Easter outreach and see souls saved. And I could go on and on and on because gratefulness needs to spring forth from our heart when we say thanks. I'm grateful, God. I'm not just thanking you from a familiar place of just saying it because it's a habit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We've learned it, saints. We've learned it in church culture. Hallelujah. We're just thanking God from a place of rehearsing. I want to have a grateful heart of worship. I'm going to open the altar in just a moment. And if some of you want to worship God in your giving, you're welcome to do that. By any means, do not feel obligated. You give if you want to, if you want to worship God. The Bible says don't give grudgingly. Lord, we're here to worship you because you're exalted above blessing and praise. I want to ask you in an attitude of reverence, because I, I don't know about you, but I can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let us turn our hearts to him. There's, there's a, a, a few of you that got offended at this financial talk. You need to stop that. That's religious, okay? Just stop it. There's, there's, a, there's, you know, get ready because God's gonna unload blessing on the church and don't miss out because the guy next to you, the person next to you is gonna have more than enough 
and he's gonna be giving people jobs with this new business. And he's gonna be seeing people set free from drugs and plug them into jobs. And this, this is what it's about, changing the culture, bringing the kingdom to the earth, not having wealth and treasures and hoarding them up. Hello? So if you're offended at some of that, stop it. Amen. That's just called a pastor's rebuke. And it's love because I'm trying to help you. Because if you don't adjust that thing in your heart now, it's, I'm telling you, you're, just gonna, you're still offended, you'll stay offended, and you'll miss out. You will miss out on blessing. We don't preach your curse with a curse here at this church. We don't believe that. You might miss out on some blessing. But listen, you don't have to give if you don't want to. It takes money to do things. We need to further the kingdom of God. And, and we need to grow as a church in this. I wanted to take a moment just to share my heart with you because I felt like the Spirit of God quickened me and said, some are offended, address that. And so I did. And I love you, but I want to see growth in every... I want to tell you something right now. There's been financial breakthrough in many of your lives recently. Many of your lives. And that's because you honor the Lord. It's because you worship Him and you give out of intimacy and a heart of worship. Don't give if you don't understand it's worship. If you understand it's worship, you give. Amen? That's just one part of worship. My wife says it's incomplete if we don't give. Because anything our heart's attached to... If we're not giving it to the Lord, it's incomplete worship. So, Father, we repent right now and we break these shackles and these lies and these offenses about giving and financial blessing in your people. Because we know that Solomon is one of the wealthiest people on the earth, God. And you want to give your people substance so that we can be a blessing to people around us. Then in the midst of a famine, the world says, how come they're blessed? And we'll say, it's because we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added. He was talking about substance, church. Hello? And so, Lord, we thank you that you're purifying the water. So here, we're opening the altars right now. I want to ask you in a heart of reverence, in a heart of reverence, stand up with me, please. And let's just lift up our hands and begin to worship. And I want to invite, I want you to turn the song up. I want to invite some of you to come if you want to bow. I want, here's your prayer. God, purify the wells of my heart. I want the real deal. I want pure worship. That's all. I'm saying worshipers arise, worshipers come. We're going to do like a four or five minute time of prayer. And those that want to worship God in, the, in their giving, they're welcome to. The buckets are up here. Turn it up. Lord, we ask you, come right now in power. And stir the stagnant waters of our soul. We repent for having a form of godliness but denying the power. We declare you are Lord. You are King. Everything worships. Everything made, God. And nothing escapes your heart. That's it. The altar's open, saints. Come, worship Him. Bow before Him. Honor Him. Bless Him. Worship like heaven worships. We magnify you. We magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. That's it. Worshippers arise. We love you. Thank you for these worshipers, these Marys that pour oil at your feet. I bless these women of God right now. 
I see how the women, they just respond. It's easy for them to worship. It's easy. Their hearts. Come on, men. I want to invite men. That's it, Milo. Come on. Worshippers, arise. Pour hearts out. I'm not going to let my ego get in the way of worship. I'm not ashamed of your love, God. I'm not ashamed of your love, God. I want to invite some of the young people. If you want to come, come up front and burn. Some of you. God just spoke to some of you right before I said that. said, you need to be up here. Just take a little time. Hallelujah. Yes. Your children really bless the Lord. Come on, let's sing it together. Bless the Lord. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. saying be my first love there's been a lot of other lovers that that love that comes and goes that you've put before me but my love's unfailing be come home to your first love God's dealing with some hearts and you know what he's doing he's healing he's setting you free from the past of those things you said well I failed no he wants to wipe the slate clean give you a fresh start 
but return to your first love. Return to him. Return to Jesus. He loves you. He wants to wipe you clean. He wants to give you a robe of righteousness. Prodigal, there's some prodigal sons and daughters in here. He said, I haven't been serving God. Get your heart right. Let worshipers arise. Worship God with your being. You might not lift your hands or you may lift your hands. But listen, God's looking at the heart. He wants your heart to match up with your actions. Doesn't matter if you go to church. If you've got junk and you just want to get right with God, now is the time because he wants to bring healing to you. Holy Spirit, come and touch and make the hearts tender. The, the callousness that was created because of sin and rebellion and running from God and have putting people in relationships before you, putting money before you, putting all these things before you. Now's the time to return to your first love. You're a jealous God, and I'm putting you first. I will worship you. I will worship you. Lift your hands with me. If that's you, I want you to receive his love. Just receive it. If, if that just spoke to your heart and you said, that is me, lift up your hands right now. Lift them up high. And let him breathe on you. Let the Spirit of God breathe on you. Come, Holy Spirit. That's it. Come, Holy Spirit. God, God says that abortion, it's, it's been forgotten. There's a couple ladies here that just, bam, right there. Just receive that freedom. He said, I've forgiven you. I love you. Don't mourn over it anymore. There's a season of mourning and, and there's a process of healing. But there is a moment right now. Receive that healing in your heart, whoever that is. Maybe more than two. Jesus. Yeah. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, the presence of the Lord is here. And I don't want to, I know I went a little longer. I usually preach a little bit shorter. But in this moment, I want to dismiss those that would like to be dismissed. Those are at the altar. Don't move a muscle, please. Because we have a little praying to do. There's a little therapy, a little healing, a little a little time that we need to spend with our first love, the lover of our soul. I just want to spend a little time with him. And those of you that are in front, I know you feel the same. And maybe there's some out here you want to come. Come. Just keep playing that. I want to bless those that would like to be dismissed. We love you. Bless you. We want to get to know you if you're new. Come visit us again. Come. Be a part of what God's doing. In just a moment after this, we're going to have a, a meeting, an outreach meeting. So don't forget, if you're staying for that, just hang around for that. Amen. Altar workers, so you may be dismissed, those of you that are, that are ready to go. Those of you that are up front, just stay where you are. Uh, no rush. Altar workers, I want to ask you to come right now. Gender specific. Find someone. Lay your hand on their shoulder. Begin to pray what God tells you. That's it. Just prophesy to them. That's it. Watch. Watch this right now. Lord, you're the healer. Jesus, you're the healer. There's some other ladies up here. I need more altar workers. Naomi, come on up. Pour your heart out. Right up here. All these ladies up here. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Bring healing. Bring freedom, God. Bring healing. Bring freedom, God. 
Yes, Lord. You don't begin. Wow. Wow. Come, Holy Spirit. Your glory falls when you come near. The sound of heaven, your children release. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Yes, Lord. Cass, would you come up here? Come here, I want you to pray. I don't know if there's anyone else that's available, but come, Cassidy. Come stand over here. Thank you. Keep praying. Come on, Satan. Just receive his love. Receive his love. I was going to have you pray for her. Just be available, okay? Come over on this side, if you would. Come over. There's some other ladies. Just pray. Do your thing. You're a little warrior. Bring it. Spirit of God. Take your time. Go to who the Lord tells you to. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. We receive it. Thank you, Lord. Father, you are the most incredible being in the whole universe, Lord. There's no one that compares with you, God. We lift up our voices to bless you tonight, God. You're revealing yourself in this room right now. You're revealing your heart. Come in power, Lord. Come in power, Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Blessed right now. I bless you. Bless you right now. Holy Spirit, come. Fire right now. Fiery love of God. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill her more. And it comes. He wants to consume you with this fiery love in this season. He said, Lord, I don't feel I can go on. He says, no, it's a moment where you're you're baptized in my fiery love because I'm more than enough. Let your heart cry, more than enough. He's more than enough. I bless you, daughter. I cover you right now, daughter of God. Angels all around your family, angels, I bless your, your child. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Cassie, lay hands on her right now. Lay hands on her right now. Power, impartation right now. Touch. Wow. It's so heavy. It's so heavy. Just his, his love. Healing. He's healing. He's healing. Let him heal. Let him just pour oil at his feet. He always defends the worshiper. Pour oil at his feet. Yeah, she wept at his feet. And she laid down everything. All anxiety, anything she carried, she she wiped 
his feet with her hair. A woman's hair is her glory. She took her very glory and said, I'm wiping your feet, Jesus. And she broke open the precious thing. Take what is precious and break it open over the feet of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let him heal you. Let him heal you. Again, the word about abortion for others. Again, maybe maybe it's even ministry the enemy tried to abort. Listen, God will restore what the enemy stole. Thank you, Lord. But there's guilt on someone because of an abortion. And I'm praying that burden lifted right now, lifted in Jesus' name. I'm not going to ask you to respond to it unless you want to come up later, but I, I want to just pray that and declare freedom. He loves you. People make mistakes. It was never God's will, but He will, he will heal. He'll heal. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Bless these young ladies right here. Bless you, Daniel. Oh, yeah, that's it. Come on, pray over him, Brian. Pour your heart out to him right now. Come on, prophesy to him. Pray in the Spirit. Start by praying in the Holy Ghost for a little bit. Then God will give you words. That's how you do it. Yeah, hallelujah. Oh, he loves you, saints. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. He loves you. I know we went a little long, but it's good to linger sometimes. Yes, Lord. Pray for one another that you may be healed. That's what the scripture says. Pray for one another. Minister to one another. It's good. Encourage one another. Give you courage. Naomi, I bless you. You came up here feeling like, okay, I can pray for these. But I know that you're continually desiring more of God. So I bless you. I bless you. Touch her with your fire. Touch her with your fire right now, God. Touch her with your presence right now. Cassie, lay your hand on her shoulder. Watch, impartation. Grace. Feel that? Wow. Right when she touched you, just flow right through you. More. I come. (laughs) Joy comes in the morning. (laughs) There's a season of joy. It's just you and him. He's more than enough. You know it, Nene. He's more than enough. Receive that in your heart. I bless you. Young woman of God, God's taken you to a season of joy. A season when the world says, now's the time to weep. No, rejoice, daughter. You're blessed. He's always provided. He's always given you food. He's always taken care of you and he's surrounded you with loving people. But he's given you his love and his grace and his anointing. Worshiper and teacher and leader. Lead. You have an inheritance in the spirit. Bless you. Bless you. Power. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Just enter his rest. Enter his rest. Nothing else matters, Lord, but you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. That's it. We received, Lord. You've been a friend.
Somebody's here is afraid of their li- for their life and you feel like your life is in danger and maybe it's maybe you even feel like like uh, depression but someone here is afraid of their life that needs to be broken right now. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is but God just quickened me and we need to pray a protection over you and rebuke the spirit of fear. Is, who here is struggling with depression and you're actually like there's fear and it's tormented you in the night hours and you're tormented and you're afraid? Raise your hand up. Who is that? Oh, wow. Come on, let's minister that. Would you do that? There's many that responded to that. Let's just do that right now. I want... Yes. Yes, Lord. That's it. If you, if you raise your hand for that, keep your hand lifted until somebody comes to you. Right now, that thing's going to break. Depression, go. Fear, go. In Jesus' name. The protection of the Lord over them. Wow, that was a few different people. Thank you, Lord. Who else? She, yeah. Karen, would you pray for her? Thank you. Wow. Wow. Jesus, we worship you. Yeah, there you go, Tracy. That's it. Bless him. Bless him. stop what is happening right now. I know some of you, it's gone on, but just bear with us. Just let's keep flowing. There's, if you saw the tears of healing and freedom that I'm looking at right now, it's amazing. I love seeing Jesus heal people. I love seeing him just touch the hearts, man. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. Come on, Lord. Do your thing. Do your thing, Lord. Away from the noise, alone with you. Way away, to hear your voice. He's speaking peace. He says it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, child, daughter, son. It's been a while. But hear my heart cry.
Come on, there's breakthrough for some of you. Breakthrough for some of you right now. Receive it. Made to worship you. Oh, oh, peace. Some of you are still being prayed for. That's fine. I want us to take a moment. Let's pray. I want to pray for the outreach. I want to pray for next Sunday morning, Resurrection so Sunday, for souls. And even some of you that are here, you're to bring your family members that need a touch from God. Let's intercede for our brothers, our sisters, sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles. Come on. Begin to pray. Some of you need to call their name out right now and call in the prodigals. Come on, this is about the harvest. Is there three people here that believe that God wants to raise up labors? That's you. Begin to pray right now. God, we're praying and we're declaring freedom to the prodigal sons and daughters. We pray for the outreach for hundreds of souls to come into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We pray, God, that we would grab them out of the snare of the enemy and bring them into the the kingdom. Of, of the Son of God. And Lord, they would be discipled and equipped and their lives and families would be transformed. Remove blinders from the eyes of people, God. We declare, let them come to the knowledge of truth. The snare of the enemy to be broken over them right now. The addictions. Listen, we have authority over every spirit that's not of God. The spirit of pharmakia, that drug addicted, that spirit right now, we break its power over this generation. Those that have been hospitalized and the enemy tried to take breath from them, we break the spirit of that pharmakia. Let let the drug addicts be free. Let the drug drug addicts be free in the name of Jesus. Alcoholism, depression, come on. Begin to pray right now. Father, freedom, the year of jubilee. We, We declare freedom to the captives in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This will be our fizzle down intro to our outreach meeting. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray for the city of Henderson. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. God has given us Henderson, the encounter. He's called us to a place to dig up wells of revival, to declare revival in a dry, parched land. He's coming in fire. He's already raining down. He's raining down. Coming in power. We pray for the park. What's the name of the park? Haley Hendricks. That is your ground, Lord. It's holy ground. We bless it. We bless it now. Send angels, Lord. They've already been praying over there. Send angels, God. 
We thank you for laborers, Lord. We thank you. You're going to anoint the dance and the drama. I thank you for Glenda. I thank you for the anointing on the team. I pray for such a breaker anointing that as people watch, they don't even have to clearly understand the whole thing. They're just going to be broken because of a weighty, heavy anointing on the drama and the arts in this church. I thank you for Glenda and Ed and their family. We honor them. And Lord, we don't consider it lightly that she's leading this group. And Lord, it's going to be just such an amazing drama and, and reflection of your love, God. We thank you for everything to go smoothly. We bless Tracy and the team. Hallelujah. We bind every hindrance now. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Are you guys excited? Come on. Amen. Amen. You can turn that down. Well, I officially dismissed, so I'm not going to say sorry for how late it is. Because officially, you could have been gone about 20 minutes ago. But I did go a little longer than usual. But I just want to, again, reiterate, it's very important. When the Lord is doing things in people's lives, we can't, we don't want to be the one to cap or hinder that or restrict the Holy Spirit. So we allow some to be dismissed. And Amen. So I want to formally dismiss everyone. And then those that are here for the outreach meeting, are we having it in here? Okay, so mosey on over, whatever that word means, to kids' church. Amen. We love you guys. God bless you.